Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Thirsty, thirsty, Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from me. Wearing his Sandlot t-shirt. Looking very looking very baseball-y today. I like it. This was the, the 25th anniversary of the Sandlot, which was now almost three years ago. Were you on the board or something? I was on the committee, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we're almost to the 30th at this point. We Next, this fall we start... Uh, meeting about the 30th and that field's still there it is still there we have to, every time they do this we have to go and clean it back up because it's a privately owned field and just it gets overridden by weeds and stuff but. i see okay well you know. shout out to the sandlot good movie kid had a really long bill on his hat i remember that until benny gave him one of his oh yeah that's right that's right you know bonds of friendship he told him to throw his hat in the fireplace did he really? Yeah, he said, you have a fireplace? Throw that in it. That sounds uh, um, extreme. Extreme. But it, but it got the message ag- across. Uh, I suppose. You know what I remember most? A fishing of, hat. Who wears a fishing hat? Uh, you know what I remember most about that movie? The chewing tobacco scene. Ah, uh-huh. The best. Yeah. And then they all go on these rides and... And that was straight chew. That was That was raw. That wasn't your uh, skull. This that was, that was straight off the vine, so to speak. Yeah. So anyway, good movie. Almost thirty years old. That's depressing. Uh, <laughs> what? It is depressing. I, uh, Why is that depressing? Because it it reminds me of uh, that uh, I'm getting older. Uh, if you'd like to relive the 25th anniversary, there was a documentary made of that day, and you can see yours truly. Oh. Asking questions of the cast now, on it's, YouTube. It's not that movie that has the the, the recovering, um, the guy who lost all that. No, that's the Mighty Ducks. The guy who... Sean Weiss. Yeah. Who, Goldberg. Who is on the mend, right? He is. He's clean, thanks to uh, a lot of help from his Mighty Ducks family, in oh, fact. All right. But he has not been included in the new Disney Plus series. Uh, why not? I don't know. Oh, Okay. Hi, Gordon. Is is Austin wearing home plate on his shirt? It's a Sandlot shirt. Yeah, that's why we're talking, oh, I didn't hear talking that about part, the uh, the Sandlot. How are you? Rushed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a you've got a column coming off the presses. Is it posted yet? I looked a minute ago. I, didn't I don't see know. It. I don't know. I haven't looked. Well, tell him to get on it. I know the new managing editor over there these days. Oh, do you? Yeah, tell him to tell him to make oh, it happen. Jake Scott said. Yes, that's right. Anyway, well, it's good to see you. Good to be here, Jake. That, that's that's a different fish hat than yesterday, but does match your shirt. He's back, everybody. Gordon is back. It matches, but it's not the exact same color. It's are, but it, it's it's planned. It's coordinated. Are they not the same color? It looks the same to me. It looks this like it's darker. It was once the same uh, color. No, no, this this hat isn't that old. It works. Are those new glasses? Is my question. I, uh, like I lost my reading glasses, and uh, I grabbed these. I don't even know if they are the proper look. For, uh, it, it works. I knew something bit. looked different about you. I like them. Different glasses. Yeah, it looks it, good. Those frames are a little bit bigger. <laughs> Well, they're just those those uh, reading glasses, you know, that just improve 
uh, your your sight a little bit when you're reading. My but, wife wears those uh, blue light glasses or whatever. Oh, that, you know what I'm talking the about? The blue filter. Yeah, blue filter kind of thing. She she looks good in glasses. She got the surgery a few years ago though, so she doesn't wear glasses anymore. Unless does, you, does the blue filter help with like her headaches and stuff? Oh yeah, she loves it. Just staring at the screen all day. I've been thinking about my next pair and get, maybe getting that included. Our uh, our guy uh, uh, Lundy uh, wears them all the time. Speaking of which, I have a question for you. Okay. So Donovan Mitchell's been wearing these glasses. Does he have a prescription, or is that a style statement? I don't know. Well, you should know these things. <laughs> why, you know why everything. Should I know these things? You know no everything idea. about the jazz. I, I don't know. I, I know people that wear glasses for a style statement, but I, I don't know if Donovan is one of them. He, he had a very, uh, what, what color would you say the jacket that was, was last night? Uh, kind of a mauve, yeah. Good call, Austin. Kind of a little bit of a one mauve. of those made-up names. <laughs> he and Mike Conley were making fashion statements last night. Very colorful. Anywho, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mike Conley, uh, that what did that look like exactly? What he was wearing? I don't know I, how I, to it, describe it. Huh. But it looked like it, you needed a prescription to wear it. So, sorry, not funny. Maybe sunglasses. <laughs> All right, we uh, we have a lot going on today. You know, I have a pair of sunglasses that the bottom half are like readers. Oh, that's good. Bifocal. Ben Franklin would be it was your uh, brand. would be proud. Brand you like Maui Jims? Yeah, oh, I love Maui Jims. Looking to looking to uh, Costas though. That's that's the new one I'm onto. Oh yeah, little less expensive than the Maui Jim. Yeah, and what was worse was that I got the Maui Jims on Maui. And that probably increased the price by yeah. a considerable amount. Bonk. Well, I figure, you know, if I'm if I'm going to get some Maui gems, I might as well get get them in Ma- on Maui. But the, the problem is, they're probably made like in, in Montana or something. Uh, yeah. Well, there's no way they're made in Maui anyway. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm a sunglasses person. Do you know that our guy Hans Olsen does not like or wear sunglasses ever? I don't know if uh, like I've played golf with hands a bunch of times. Never, never has worn sunglasses. I asked him about it once. He said, "Yeah, just not a sunglass guy." Oh. I said, "Don't doesn't the sun just melt your brain? Because maybe I'm just too used to sunglasses. Because I can't even like go outside." I like those tactical sunglasses, the mirror ones that that the FBI and SEAL Team Six wears. Oh, you mean the ones that no one can see where your eyes are? That's the one. Yeah. The ones they advertise on uh, on late night TV. The those. same. Oh, I wondered if those are cool. Are those cool? I love them. Did you buy the ultra high powered little uh, flashlight? Too? I didn't buy it. It came with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Call now and you get that. Hey, do you ad- have a bunker in your backyard? Not yet. Hey, advertising works because I've always wondered. You know, th- uh, that looks pretty sweet. They are really. Is, does it work? You know, haven't you always wondered? Like, you see that moron driving around uh, on the the wind boat with the that's held together by <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> flex seal yes. or whatever. Yes. Have a thought yourself. With well, a screen wanna, door in the bottom. That, do you? Right. He's no, right. I don't want to try he's that. He's riding through alligator and <laughs> water. I'm telling you, it's really convincing. You're like, wow, that that's really flex something. tape holds this screen door I and mean, the but, bottom but, of the boat. I mean, then he hits the the tub and and, and, and uh, you know uh, this big water rush. Out and he takes the big, is it what's it called Flex Seal? Just yeah. flop fixed. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there like, I don't even have a use for that, but I kind of want to call the <laughs> exactly. number. Yeah. Exactly. But, the, but the, the sunglasses were that for me. I always thought, like, okay, that looks pretty sweet. That looks like something I'd be into. But I can't bring myself to be the person who orders something off television. Oh, I do it all the time. I, I do all the time. I can't. All the time. That's the Rubicon for me. I yeah. just can't. I can't do it. It's be- one step above uh, door-to-door uh, purchases. And yeah. I had a real bad experience with the stupid shrinking hose. And I thought, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so did I. Yeah, I thought, you have a shrinking hose? Uh, it, it's a hose. That, that was oh, one of those deals. That, that was yesterday's yeah. remote. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're talking about that Nailed thing. Nailed it. That, Supposedly, coils. Up yeah, just coils itself right. Mm-hmm. Up. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It worked once. Yeah. What What happened? The rest and it of was time? like an extremely poor quality hose. 
It was like you taped McDonald's straws together, and that was your hose. So wait a second. Uh, are you a regular like uh, a customer of like the QVC shopping <laughs> network? I don't do QVC, but the the infomercials that'll pop up at two, three, four in the morning for like the set it and forget it type of cuisine arts and. Uh, the uh, Bob Ross class of art, and and then uh, the tactical sunglasses. Did the, you get the, uh, the, the egg snu- in a the minute? snuggle thing that you put on? And we have a snuggie. Yeah. Snuggie. <laughs> we also have a comfy. What's a comfy? It's a little thicker. See, I got to tell you the thing that that. Uh, Did you buy uh, life insurance? <laughs> Sorry. I, I got to tell you what bothered me about the Snuggie is, or, or is that what it's called, Snuggie? Yeah. Is is isn't it just a towel turned around back, or not a towel, a bathrobe turned around backwards <laughs> with isn't, a hood? Isn't that what it is? Isn't it just somebody's like, I know, I can market this, but just have it backwards. Don't and pretend gonna, you're smarter than me. And I'm going me. to make a fortune. No, I'm not. I like this is another thing where I saw that on TV and I thought to myself, man, that, those people look comfortable. Have you what, what else have we got? Have you like uh, they're hotter than hell? Have you bought that uh, really? that, that, oh, p- that pillow thing? The my pillow? My pillow? Not the my pillow. The the other one that has the sort of elevated uh, feature to it. Oh, the pillow cube, <laughs> dude. And this is no joke. I didn't buy that off TV. I bought that off Facebook, off no. an ad on Facebook, and it has saved my neck. I've got a <laughs> fake disc in my neck, and it's it has changed my life. Have you, wait, have wait, you a bought- fake disc or like a like a real like disc, an artificial, but artificial. Disc. Yeah. Not not like the doctor's like, yeah, we put a disc in there, but he really didn't I see what the difference in <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Have you bought like the Lee Snap on nails? No, I don't have a need for those. Huh. Awesome. Well, I'm stoked to hear about the sunglasses because they do. I gotta say, they look pretty rad. I bought <laughs> a windmill. A windmill? Yeah, I bought a windmill. For what? what? Are you well, like a decorative windmill? Oh, okay. For your not- garden. Uh, my father-in-law. Not yeah. you're producing your own electricity. Did, they sell, <laughs> did they sell that at, uh, with an infomercial? They sure do. There's a whole aisle of as seen on TV at Walmart. That's my oh, first stop every time. I just want you to make it like everybody's going solar. Everybody, when everybody's going right, Austin, you go left. You know, windmill. Yes. <laughs> windmill right there in your backyard. You have any idea what kind of money this is saving me? Have you bought the love hits of the 1970s? Uh, I didn't buy those, but I illegally downloaded them from LimeWire back in the day. Yeah. Now, uh, you you strike me as a now that is what they call music type of dude. <laughs> yes. You have one of those back oh, in the yeah. day? Yeah. Like, that, where you pay twelve ninety nine and then a penny for each one after? Is that no, what you're talking no, about? No, the, no. There was this disc <laughs> series. Oh, yes. Now, that is. And it had was, 12 of the hits that year. Right. Uh, and for every year. Do you know they're up to like 50? They're still yes. doing it? Yes. And yeah. we had that and we had the Kid Bop version of it. Wow. That we always where the it was that is my definition of hell. The top forty uh, hits on a CD sung by primary children, yeah, rather horrible. than the actual artist. Did you get uh, Did you get the Genzu knife? I haven't, but that that thing that cut cuts the can. All right. Oh, we, I'll be all over that. We should we should move on to something more productive. But Sorry. I, uh, again, I I'm very happy to hear about the sunglasses. Austin's house. Why would anybody possibly care about this? Austin's house is held together by Flexio. We found out, you know. And if you don't believe me, try to come through the door, and I'll show you my Ginzu knife. <laughs> that guy would be drowning right now if it weren't for that flex seal. <laughs> Who needs swim lessons? Give me gallons of it. I don't even know what I'd use it for. Well, that's amazing. I don't have a fish tank, but if I did, I could repair it. Have you bought the frying pan? I do have the copper one. Yeah, yeah, I have that. Do you have the? Uh, do you have the? Speaking of copper, do Gordon you have, Jake wants to move on. Do you so have badly. like the socks, the copper lace socks? I do. The Brett Favre socks. I do. Yes, <laughs> yes. How about the? What's that thing that that, that dude sells that you hang upside down? <laughs> the hanging tomato? No, no. <laughs> that one guy who. who uh, oh, the lot. the teeter. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have one of those. Actually, I sold that one. <laughs> I gotta admit on the on, it? on the copper fit stuff. I do when I see those commercials. I think to myself, like Jerry Rice is two hundred years old, and if he's out there playing <laughs> pickup football, then that stuff must really be effective. It's not because you remember when he was playing for the Raiders. Yeah, and he was balding just terribly, but still was trying to hold on to like the the braids. Yeah. <laughs> He was, he was, wasn't he like 45 then? He was close. Yeah. 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 Got the toaster oven yet? Which one? 
I don't know. There's like five of them they no, sell on no, those No, no toaster oven. No. Okay. No. No, let's jump into the split story sure. of the day. The Pac-12 you don't, you don't has go a to new, Adam and Eve, do you? New, okay. new commissioner. Whoa. What? Hey. Okay. What is that? No, we're, 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 we're moving. The Bible? Time for the split story of the day. <laughs> two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, no, thank you for that question. As you can imagine, I anticipated that question. I'm putting on my reading glasses because I wrote down a few notes because there's a lot to talk about here. So listen, success in football is really important to the Pac-12. So I'm going to spend a few minutes going through this. Uh, I'll start by stating my deep belief that the Pac-12 can consistently compete and win for both football and men's basketball titles without jeopardizing our shared commitment to academic excellence or the well-being of the student-athletes. Uh, my work on football will begin, as I mentioned, with meetings with the ADs and coaches and with my new colleagues at the conference office. I, I believe personally the solution to elevating Pac-12 football is a combination of addressing structural issues and a more focused approach on recruiting. Gordon, that is the new Pac-12 conference commissioner, George Kalavkov. Close. Been kind of trying to practice uh, Kalavkov. Is it, is it, is that what it is? 71%. Kalavkov. I watched the press conference, but I, uh, is the, the L. George Kalavkov. Kalavkov. George Kalavkov. Kalavkov. All right. So uh, rewind some shows to a couple of weeks ago when you and I, Gordon, were talking, uh, or actually, Gordon, you might have been out. This might have been, uh, uh, while uh, Austin and I were talking about this, but John Wilner wrote uh, an update on the search where he talked about how there's kind of, he, he talked about other stuff, but really that there's two competing interests in the type of person that they wanted for the Pac-12 mm-hmm. commissioner. The, the athletic departments were clamoring for uh, kind of an administrative guy who is going to be on campus and working with campus and all those types of administrative things that Larry Scott was not. Mm-hmm. The other side is we need somebody who is going to scrape up every nickel that's not nailed down. (laughs) So there were these two competing interests, and obviously they didn't think they could find somebody who could do both. And ultimately, good old-fashioned American greed won out, and uh, the Pac-12 today hires George Klyavkov, whose uh, background is George Klyavkov. There's some sports in there, certainly, but it's it's mainly in media and industry entertainment. Uh, MGM. He's uh, let's see. He was uh, with MGM uh, Resorts International. Uh, he started there in 2018 as president of sports and entertainment. Uh, he's worked with the. Uh, he's uh, worked as a board of governors with the WNBA. Um, you know, he's got uh, he's got a really nice resume when it comes to business. And he's going to be somebody, in th- if the Pac-12 is doing this right, that is somebody that can go in and negotiate the best deal possible right. from a media perspective. That's and, that His resume would say that. Yes, and that's what it's all about, that. And, uh, you know, fixing football is an emphasis, although he, you know, he was a rower in college, which was reminiscent of Larry Scott, who was a tennis player. Uh, the king of the small sport. Um, but he, he heard him there talk about fixing football and, uh, and and making money. That's what this is really about. Oh, and by the way, uh, the student athlete has to, you know, an advancement in the student athlete experience. I don't but think- making money and fixing football, which go hand in hand, and getting wider distribution of the network, and which is goes back to football and making money. Well, one thing Wilner talked about was this this idea of a co-commissioner, which I don't think was ever going to happen. But the the, the concept of the idea is, I think, a good one. Uh, keep an eye on who uh, George hires as his lieutenants, because he needs to hire somebody who's going to be uh, handle the administrative end. The athletic departments have a point. You know, they were they were ignored and they're not operating at maximum efficiency as a as a, an athletic conference. Yeah. So he needs to he does need to have that side of the job covered. So look, look out for who he hires there, because that's going to have the most impact on day to day athletics and who can, quote unquote, fix football. It's not going to be this guy. 
I don't. Yeah, and you bring up a good point there. You don't have to be a former All-Pro player to to be able to get the job done. He just needs to be able to manage the whole thing and put the right people in place to make it happen. Because, and that's one of the thing, things I liked about the way he presented himself today was when he used to talk to Larry Scott, it was like he was whistling in the dark, you know? This like, guy might be whistling in the dark, too. I'm, uh, I'm reserving I, no, no, judgment. Well, okay. Oh, you're, that's a good point also. But he, he seems to see the problems and acknowledge them. Recognize them, acknowledge them, because that's what you have to do first to fix them. And uh, then he has to put the right people in place to get those things done. His, his background in, uh, in, in entertainment, in network stuff, in digital, uh, I think will help him maybe in negotiation because heavens knows he, he needs to get that fixed. I mean, that's costing the Pac-12 a lot of money and, uh, you know. That, that has to be repaired. And then also his emphasis on recruiting and football. I mean, nobody cares about the Pac-12 right now. And by nobody, I don't mean everybody. I, I just mean that uh, you look at the championships since 2004 when SC won its, the last Pac-12 championship. It's all centered in the southeast. It's all there. Or Ohio State. Or Texas, maybe, in there, too. But this is something that uh, the Pac-12 is a non-factor. It's been forgotten for, for the most part. And he, he said that, and he was asked about that right away. And he uh, didn't get specific. He said that he thinks the Pac-12, I mean, the uh, college football playoff should be expanded. But the Pac-12 needs to fix its football programs so that if they do get included, they can do something once they're there. Because I'm not sure how worthy these teams have been of late. So, okay, so we, we were hard on, on Lair Bear for a while, and deservedly so. And lost in all the, the moronacy of, of his recent years, we have kind of gone away from holding these individual athletic departments accountable. Yeah. And that needs, I mean, you know, uh, George Klyavkov, is going to go out there and try and fix those revenue streams, and I'm sure he's going to do his best doing it. But what are you doing with the money when it rolls right. in? And, you know, you look at USC, which has been just horribly mismanaged uh, from an athletic department uh, perspective. Uh, Cal is is crazy in debt, as is UCLA. I mean, these athletic departments have been run uh, terribly. Give give Chris Hill uh, and now Mark Harlan some credit as they've made the transition into the big leagues by, you know, at least seemingly being pretty fiscally responsible when, uh, you know, advancing and growing. And, you know, for Utah's sake, you hope that continues. But other other universities have, have not been that way. At some point, you know, these these individual athletic departments and football programs need to, to start pulling their weight. You know, like part of the hire problem. the right head coaches and staff and, and guys that are going to go do the job. That would help. That would help. But in order to do that, it's, it's a chicken or egg thing. I mean, because if you don't have the exposure, if you don't have the reputation, then it's difficult to recruit. And if you don't get the recruits, because even California schools are having guys taken right out from under them. And they're going other places. And so that has to be repaired. So is it... Is it the exposure and the prestige that precedes the the success in recruiting, or is it the success in recruiting that precedes the other? Uh, it's it's kind of a mess right now, and they and, and we're speaking in relative terms here. We're talking about top level college football. Well, here's the thing: you can you can start with easy stuff and then move on, right? Here here's the easiest one of all. Stop selling uh, scholarships to rich, privileged celebrities. That's number one. That's an easy it's, one. It's, that's yeah, an easy one. Yeah. Stop, stop doing that. Stop prioritizing putting money in your own pocket. So there's, there's one. That's pretty okay. easy. Yeah. Number two, the layup programs, the layup football programs that even uh, a half-wit moron could coach and run, like USC, <laughs> get somebody with half a brain in there who can actually win football games. Yeah. And I know that, uh, you know, Clay Helton, the, the new athletic director that decided to keep him on because of all the other scandals that are going on there. But find somebody who's going to win football games at the easiest places to win football games and then move down from there. 
And and I don't know how you encourage, and we're picking on USC a little bit here, but it's the poster child for it. I don't yeah. know how you encourage that athletic department. Like, get it together and start winning because a moron could recruit to USC. You would think so. Uh, but it's gotten a little more difficult in recent years. It shouldn't be. I know. So uh, it shouldn't be. But get it, rid of but that. Get rid of that excuse. Yeah. And here's here's step one for USC. Go back to running the football. Your USC. Oh, I don't know about that, but you certainly can thrive at the game. SC is one. Well, I went back and checked since 1920. There have been 16 national champions from the Pac-12 uh, Pac-12 schools now, and USC is by far the most common. I mean, and they've they've been stumbling and bumbling around. UCLA has sucked for years. They have zero excuses to suck. Yeah. You know, you can't recruit to Cal? I've been to Berkeley. Pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but look at the stadiums. They're, and, they're oh my gosh, empty. But but see that's them getting in their own way. Here's here's what I'm talking about when we need to hold athletic departments accountable. Cal spent millions on a stadium renovation. I've been there since. You've been there since. It's still a dump. <laughs> what are these people spending this money on? I, I I don't know. And then it just is a snowball effect, right? And then you can't hire the right coach. And then that coach can't put the program uh, where it needs to be. As you know, Jake, I have a, a son-in-law who is a wide receiver at Auburn. And he's told me what it's like to go into that stadium and see the seats full, see the energy involved around the program, and compare that to an average Saturday evening or afternoon or Thursday night or Friday night, whatever, in a Pac-12 building. I mean, it's just, uh, aside from the actual structure uh, of, the, of the buildings, they are not... Football is not being celebrated in the Pac-12 the way it, it should be. And and I think winning is what is what spurs that. Oregon, you know, I mean, that build, I've, I've, I've been to Oregon that many times, but I've been there four or five times. Every time I was there, the stadium full. was full. Yeah. You go here at Utah, stadium is usually pretty full. They always claim sellouts, but I see some empty seats on occasion. But the, there's energy around the program. What about Cal? What about Stanford? Stanford should, I mean, uh, it's just kind of a weird phenomenon. And so if you're a five-star athlete and you have a coach sitting in front of you who may or may not have a winning record, even though he comes from a traditionally strong program, and he says, come play for me, and then they look at the energy around that program versus other programs and where he has options because he has options to go anywhere he wants. There, there are some built-in disadvantages for these Pac-12 schools if we're comparing it to the SEC. You mean there's, like, other things to do there's other th- than go to a football game? That's that's kind of the, the obvious one. But also, uh, you know, you look at uh, San Francisco, for example, we're talking about Cal and Stanford. That's an NFL town. I mean, where, where do Cal and Stanford come in on the interest scale in the Bay Area? Uh, they're, below, they're below the Niners. They're below the Giants. Uh, probably... I don't know. Is uh, the Sharks still big in that area? Probably below them. Well, certainly below the Warriors. The Sharks. Every game is sold out for the Sharks, even though they're not as good as they once were. How about the San Jose Quakes? Never heard of them. Um, uh, LA is a little different because USC is king. I mean, that's the exception that proves the rule. But uh, you know, in Phoenix, that's an NFL town now. Well, UCLA plays in the Rose Bowl, so it's kind of hard to fill it up. But uh, still, there's there's a good number of fans there. Oh, I mean, the, the fact that UCLA has been so bad for so long is just inexcusable. <laughs> it is. It is. It, it's inexcusable. You know, Nick Saban gets way more credit than he deserves because he's at an easy place to win, but at least he's smart enough to play his advantages. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's going on at Colorado? You Another know. place that should be easy Arizona, to win. Arizona State should be better than it is. Arizona's a tough one because that's a basketball school and they'll never get the support that the basketball team gets. Yeah, Arizona why, why State, do, I agree with you. Why do people say that? Utah used to be a basketball school. Uh, at that level? At Arizona level? Well, it was Utah headstrong. Basketball well, now through. now we can get into some theories. I think the I think the Utah Jazz have taken a large bite out of the college basketball interest in this market. And probably so, because when you compare the level of play, it's uh, 
substandard, obviously, right. at the college. And, hey, they – I mean – they're still putting plenty of folks in the seats down there at the Marriott Center, and one of Craig Smith's charges up at the Huntsman Center is to put more butts in the seats. So we'll see how it goes. Well, but if they get that cold that cold air problem fixed up there, up in Logan, you know the spectrum can be the spectrum again. But you know, well, you know the, I mean, if you ever want to be cold, come to Section what was it Q? Q. Come to Section Q. But in the SEC, for example, I mean, there there are all these, you know, small town university, college town type things where it's this beacon to come back to your youth and, you know, all this stuff that uh, that folks do as their fans in that part of the in that part of the That's country. That's all true. But if you win, if you if it helps, I'm not discounting. Yeah. That. Yeah. I I'm mean, with if you. you're in the in the running for a national championship, people are going to come watch you play, I, I think. And uh, it happens a little more. Well, long often down that way. To bring this uh, uh, a conversation to uh, to a good uh, pausing point, because we'll talk about it throughout the show. It's this guy's gig to go get the resources. That's what he. That's why he was hired is to go get those resources. I, me personally, we'll we'll see how he does. But I'm I'm moving my focus onto these individual athletic departments. And if we're going to talk about making the Pac-12 a better conference, well, let's start let's start by some of these universities need to. Get out of their own way and start making some good decisions. I think it's a double-barreled deal. I, I think you have to have leadership at the top uh, of the conference, but you obviously what you're saying is the ground level. Go get them. Go get those athletes and put them together and coach them up and get them going, get them motivated, get them playing well. Uh, that's obviously the challenge. You know, the, one one last thing. Every time we talk about this kind of thing, though, I have this nagging pain about what it takes to win in college, major college sports now. And you kind of have to cheat, don't you? Uh, No. You don't? No. You really don't think so? I hope not. Based on my conversations with a whole lot of people out there, there sure seems to be a lot of it going on. Wits winning. You think Wits out there cheating? Kwani had a heck of a year. You think he's out there cheating? I I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Well, I they're winning. I haven't investigated it. But I do know that there are people in the know who've told me that there is a whole lot of cheating going on. I'm not making any accusations. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. But it's kind of like when you had guys hitting 65, 70 home runs. Uh, suddenly you, you, you're suspicious a little bit. Okay, so know. my takeoff on that would be, well, then cheat better because you suck at it. <laughs> because everybody's doing it. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Not the best of nights last night for the Utah Jazz. They fall short against the Portland Trailblazers, uh, 105 to 98. The Jazz magic number is uh, still two now with uh, two two uh, two games to play. Uh, let's uh, check in with Rudy Gobert. He tips his cap to Portland. They made a lot of shots. I mean, first of all, you got to give them credit, especially CJ. Uh, I mean, they name his name is CJ. We know he's a very good scorer and. Uh, you know, tonight uh, he made a lot, a lot, a lot of really tough shots. I don't feel like he had one uncontested shot tonight. Most of them were contested, you know, and he made them. You know, there's always things we could have done better, but uh, we made their life uh, a little tough. And, you know, they had to, you know, make some tough shots. And that's what they did. The Blazers now could do the Jazz a favor. They take on uh, the Phoenix Suns tonight. Uh, if the Blazers were to win, obviously the Jazz Magic number uh, would be down to one. Bottom of the hour update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. If you're working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner. Syringa Networks, call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Up next for the Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City coming up tomorrow night. Tip-off is at 6. Uh, oh, uh, uh. 
Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Band of the day today here on the big show, Corn and Stained. So bands of the day today. Brought to you by Live Nation. LiveNation.com presents the return of Corn and Stained Thursday, September 9th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, May 15th at concerts.livenation.com. Corn and Stained, September 9th. Presented by LiveNation.com. Man, that's good news. Concerts back. Love it. Go get your tickets. I love seeing concerts out at USANA. I love USANA well. too. Yeah. I've always liked it. Uh, I'm gonna you have buy to the seats there. or you lay in the grass. I'm a grass guy. I like well, it. Let's Ooh. rephrase Ooh. that. <laughs> but I, but if I have seen one, I saw Alan Jackson of all performers in the seats and I had a good time down there too. Usually I just uh, unless I'm really blowing out the old budget and uh, and sitting real close, which rarely if ever happens. I usually uh, go for the grass as well. Plenty of room back there. Kind of boogie a little bit. Yeah, you can sink back against the fence and take a break, then get back up yeah. in the grass. So when you go to concerts, you go for the grass? Uh, to sit on, yes. At USANA. At USANA, yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, great place. Gr- I was so happy. Great grass in Magna. That they are they're back up and rolling. Uh, that's fantastic news. All right, uh, Gordon, Utah Jazz. Last night they lose to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, can, I, can I give you a, a, a humble brag here for a minute? Sure. You predicted it correctly. Uh, yeah, I, I did not think the Jazz would win that game. But I, I did say to Tim Lacombe before the game started, I said, Rudy's going to have a big game tonight. And I predicted, it, it, Tim goes, what's going to be the line? I said, 20, 15, and 3. Which order? Point 20 three blocks. <laughs> points, rebounds, <laughs> blocks. And I was kind of right. He had kind 15, of. 20, and then 1. But that 1 might as well have been 3 because that was a great block. 20 rebounds, though. That's pretty good. You have your thoughts on the game? <laughs> your thoughts on the game, Gordon? Yeah, when the Jazz uh, shoot 30% from three, they're not going to win a whole lot of games. True. They are just missing their stars. I mean, that I know that's an excuse, but that team last night in that second half. Whoa, sorry. Uh, that team last night in the second half just. What's the word? Fell asleep? Oh, I think they're a little spent. Uh, yeah. Something you've brought up the last couple of days, I, I think it's true. Without their guys, they're burning out the other guys. Yep. And I thought the I thought the team looked really tired. But you know, they're just they're really thin right now. And again, I I, I so don't want to be so mean to Trent Forrest. I'm not trying to. I think he's got a lot yeah. of potential. But the the fact that he's out there playing 20 minutes is is tough because when he's out there, they're playing four on five because yeah, they're not great, guarding him at that's all. That's a great observation, and yeah, it's difficult to really <laughs> when teams want you to shoot. Yeah, it's reminiscent of the old Ricky Rubio days. Yeah, but but even with Rubio, they would pretend. You know, they'd be like, <laughs> "Well, I might get out there and close out." I guess with Trent, they were yeah. you know they were saying we we would like you to take this shot, so mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and get ready for the rebound, and it's just. Uh, again, not to, to pick on him because it just is a rotation thing. You know, Trent Forrest is the, what, 10th, 11th guy on the roster? Maybe. ninth, you know, yeah. right? I mean, there's there there's a reason that they're down that far. And the fact that they're in the NBA means that they're uh, unbelievably good. But it's tough. It's tough. And we talked about it yesterday, and I, I thought last night was, was the perfect example of it. When Joe Ingles and George Niang... Uh, are in the starting lineup, they're not playing with the reserve unit. Right. Certainly as much. And if you compare George, or excuse me, you compare Joe Ingles to Trent Forrest, Joe Ingles is a way better player. Certainly a way more complete player. Filling the same, a similar role. Right. Yeah. So it's, I, I'm not not trying to make excuses for the club. Portland's red hot and they made a bunch of shots like, like Rudy said, but I mean, they're just 
They're missing their guys. They're crazy thin, and it's catching up to them. They are, but, uh, I mean, I understand that guys are tired. I mean, but Royce O'Neal last night played 31 minutes, was one of eight. And, and, I, and I know but, that, but he's chasing Damian Lillard I, around I, the whole I, game. I understand it. We can make excuses for him all we want. But he shot one of eight. And I know that Locke hates uh, focusing on, on field goal percentage. But he was over three from three. And that you just can't get by with that. Not when uh, Joe Ingles is making four of 13, you know? And, and then, like you said, force one of nine. So it's a combination of the guy who probably isn't ready yet. I don't know. You'd probably take the probably right out of there. But other guys who you would expect to be better, Bogdanovich, five of 14, that's just not good enough. 12 points? That's not good enough. That's not even good enough when Donovan and Mike are playing. But like you said, they they might be worn down because the Jazz, in protecting uh, their two all two of their all stars, are leaning on darn near everybody else. Yeah, Joe Ingles. He just he played thirty two minutes last night. You know that's that's pushing it for Joe Clarkson. I mean, the Jazz would have gotten crunched if it weren't for Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, uh, who had a great game again: twenty nine points, uh, eleven of seventeen shooting, three of eight from three. And yet, when he was on the floor, he was a minus sixteen. But look who he's playing with. Yeah, because he's the guy coming off the he's the guy coming off the bench. I get it. So I he's the it. guy who's being double teamed because they don't have to guard Trent Forrest. <laughs> that was an ugly game. I just it was. If 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 that was the team that the Jazz had all season long, they yeah they they they're they're a questionable playoff team. They need oh if that they, they need their guys back. I yeah. mean, they do just for all the reasons you already said. Because if your if your if your bench guys are starting, then who's going to replace them? So you have a a double whammy. Obviously, Joe and George are going to have a hard time replacing Mike and Donovan. But then, but even if Trent, they can, yeah, who's Trent, replacing yes. them? Sorry, I jumped no, on you. I no, got no, excited there. No, you're exactly just, right. I, I was into it. <clears throat> you were saying <laughs> no, exactly what you said. Exactly what you said. Right. Well said, my Thank friend. Thank you. Sorry about that. Got so, in, I was just getting into it. You know, I I don't know. I, I don't know whether the Jazz are going to get that number one seed or not. What, what's the probability down? I don't know. I, I'll have to. Uh, I'm sure Ben's got one out there. It was 97% yesterday. Yeah, they're they're going to get it. Uh, listen. You think oh, Phoenix oh, is going to lose to Portland? It doesn't matter because Oklahoma City is trying to lose. And Sacramento on the last night, no, De- no De'Aaron Fox. That's not going to happen. He's out on protocols. He's actually out for like two weeks. So well, he's I would not normally play. agree with that, but I watched the game last night. Portland's the hottest team in the league. We're not talking about the Kings. The Kings, as they say. I think Jazz will win both of their last two games. Okay. So it won't matter what Phoenix does. But they're still playing the same guys that are all tired and worn down. And, uh, and the replace, playing the are, thunder. And replacing the guys who are replacing. Who the guys that are replacing the guys are better than the thunder. <laughs> Boy. If the thunder get you a lead. You got it bad. If the thunder get a lead against the Jazz. But, uh, the, the, who is the coach of the thunder? I almost said Billy Donovan. Who's no. the coach there now? Uh, anyway. He's going to pull a Norman Dale. Be like, put four players out there and be like, my team's on the floor. <laughs> you mean Mark Daniel? That one, yeah. They've lost 21 of 22. Again, they're you're, losing you're, you on think, purpose. You think they really want to lose. Yes, I think they're losing on purpose. They've got a zillion draft picks. Imagine if they can uh, get a really high one the hard way. Never saw a draft pick make a jumper. Well, number one picks have made lots of jumpers. <laughs> I guess. You look at Depends these on number which one direction picks, you're looking at it from. <laughs> the number one picks over the years, they've made a ton of uh, of jumpers. Do you think Jazz fans are concerned about this team, or is it just like, ah, oh, no, Donovan will be back, Mike Conley will be back, if they in fact will be back? I mean, uh, but do you think Jazz? What do you mean fans, by concern? That's it. That's interesting. That term. this team might not be as good as because remember, and Quinn likes to point this out that they. They had their share of success there at first, but teams are sort of figuring them out now as constituted. And I wonder how it will go when it all comes back together, if it does come back. To, we, we, Donovan Mitchell is a bit of a mystery. I don't think uh, you know. I don't know. 
I've heard a lot of speculation that, oh, yeah, he'll be back. He's ready to go. And then others say, wait a minute, he might miss some playoff games. I don't know. I don't know. He hasn't called me to tell me, you know, how he's feeling. That's why concern such a funny word. I, I think the Jazz have the capability when they're at their best. I think they can beat anybody. There's a lot that goes into being at your best, including some of the factors that you're, you're mentioning there. But I'm but. starting to wonder whether what Joe Ingles said yesterday is true. Can Donovan Mitchell just come right back into the lineup without any kind of burp or belch or bump or skid? Why not? I don't know. I mean, he hasn't been there. And I, we have seen players who have been injured who come in and are just fired out of a like a rocket right from the beginning. And then we've seen other guys who have kind of struggled a little bit. I don't know. I'm not... I'm not saying that it, 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 that this is going to be trouble. I'm just wondering out loud. Well, uh, all that concern will be better the better Donovan's ankle feels. <laughs> if his much, ankle, if his is, ankle is bothering him, then the the him reemerging with the team is probably not going to go so well. No. If his ankle is better, then it's probably going to go better so, than it would so, if it wasn't. So what's the countdown now? How many more days does he have? Uh, he's not going to play a week from Sunday. So we're looking at count that up for him. He's at eleven days, ten days. You're on your own here, Tiger. <laughs> I'm not going to bail you out. Jake is anti-math. I'm not going to do it quite on purpose. On. Let me take my shoes off. Let me uh, count my toes. More next. Stay tuned. Big Show, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Just a quick update on our band of the day. Make sure we got uh, everything, uh, the, the proper info out there. Corn and Stained uh, coming to town Thursday, September 9th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, May 14th at concerts.livenation.com. That's concerts.livenation.com. Corn and Stained Live, September 9th, presented by LiveNation.com. Well, I'm glad you said it that way, because I don't think I would want stained corn. Unfortunate joke right there. Are you a corn guy? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, considering there's corn in pretty much everything, I would hope so. Corn syrup? Yeah. I, I have there's a problem. corn in your gasoline, for the most part. With corn on the cob, I don't like the little uh, furries that get stuck in your teeth. I usually cut it off with a knife and then eat it. Can't you get the furries off before you ingest? No, like as you're eating the corn on the cob, you get stuff stuck between your teeth, oh, the little okay. uh, seed under there. Uh, quickly, because we're, we're a little <laughs> short on time, we've got what's going on coming up next. We'll, we'll hear from the new Pac-12 uh, commissioner. Gordon, did you see that Forbes has the highest paid athletes list out? Oh, does it? And, uh, who, let, let me guess. Well, we can uh, we can count it down. You want to take a, a stab at the top spot? Is it a soccer player? No. Is it a basketball player? No. Uh, it's got to be a baseball guy. Negative. What? In fact, there's not a baseball guy on here. Is it a golfer? No. Tennis player. Let's this count is, it. Let's count it down. This is we? highest paid salary or of, of last year. Highest pay. Highest earner. Boxer. No. All right, here we go. Number 10, raking in $75 million for not playing a game, Kevin Durant. Although I guess he played a game in 2020. Uh, Tom Brady is number nine, $76 million. Uh, Formula One racer uh, Lewis Hamilton is number eight, $82 million. Uh, your boy Roger Federer is number seven at $90 million. That uh, razor money right there. Uh, Neymar, $95 million at number six. LeBron, number five at $96.5 million. Dak Prescott, number four what? at $107.5 million. Well, he got that big signing oh, bonus from the Cowboys. He just signed his contract, most, most of which is paid up front. Uh, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, number three at $120 million. Lionel Messi, number two at $130 million. Number one? Austin, you want to take a guess? I already guessed and was blown away. I was wrong. No idea who. Conor McGregor. Uh, 
brought in $180 million. Well, he's almost a boxer. I think he sold his... Uh, his he's 0-1 in boxing. <laughs> that's right. I think he sold his whiskey company for some crazy amount of oh, money. Oh, did he? And that's probably what led to the... Hundred and eighty million dollars. So this you know, includes endorsements. Yeah, then. It's, it's it's not just salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Le- like LeBron didn't earn ninety six and a half million dollars from the Lakers last year. And Federer doesn't get paid a salary. It's all endorsements, yeah. right? Uh, no, well, well, it's also tournament winnings. Right, but it, nowhere near the neighborhood of ninety million dollars. Certainly. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Remember when uh, Conor McGregor uh, beat up that old guy in the bar because he was marketing his whiskey, and didn't the old guy say his whiskey sucked? <laughs> Yeah, and did you see the video? The yeah. guy was like ninety four. Terrible. It, but it he is took terrible. the he took the punch like it was nothing. The whiskey's bad. Yeah, this this old guy was was bagging on Connor's whiskey. So is he it bad? Him. Have you ever given that? I have not tried it myself. No. But Connor McGregor's a he's a pro fighter, and this old gentleman just took the shot to the face and then looked at him like, "Is that the best you got?" <laughs> well. <laughs> Your whiskey's stronger than that. Well, he earned uh, more than any other athlete last That's year. That's a shame. There is something wrong with that. There really is. I just Googled Conor McGregor beats up old guy. <laughs> Remember the WWE stunt he and Dana White pulled where he beat up that bus and yeah. spent four hours in the holding cell? Oh, the... yeah. What a joke. That was dumb. I agree. What, uh, what, what, what does that say about our world? What, that Conor McGregor makes that much money? Yeah. Uh, uh, personally, I think it's amazing. It, it's a real compliment to uh, athletics that you can be a complete maniac and make that kind of dough if you're gifted at what you do. So, are you suggesting then that uh, parents should instruct their kids to focus on one thing and do that one thing really well, as opposed to becoming a well-rounded person, well-versed in a lot of different things, because then you sort of get distracted and diluted. That um, sounds like Jake to me. Not going to tell anybody how to raise their kid. But. I'm asking you. <laughs> what? No, I, I, I have, I am under no illusion that I am raising a professional athlete. Uh, that, that ain't happening for a variety of really yeah, but, solid uh, genetic but, reasons. But it might apply to other things as well. I mean, you focus on one thing and you do that one thing really well. No, this isn't a fried chicken commercial. Okay, uh, I see where you're going here. <laughs> see, uh, what is if it's like masonry, I can get her to build me a new house or something. <laughs> oh, it's all about looking for your yeah, advantage. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to really focus on yard work. That needs to be your passion. You could always like uh, get your kid to, to focus in on some, you know, coming up with some new app of some sort that's going to make them a bunch of money. Yeah. How about an app that does the yard work for you? Yeah, there you go. Some sort of trade. That's that's happening for sure. Welding. Imagine if Sadie were some sort of electrician or a welder. Ah, a lost art. Not have Welding. to worry about that segment of life for the rest of mine. You know, anytime there's an issue, you just call up my daughter, the welder. All the things you need welded. Amazing. What was uh, what was that old movie where the uh, the gal was a welder and back in the like eighties or something? Pretty in pink? <laughs> Nine to five? Is it flash dance? No, it's pretty in pink. I wasn't making a joke. She's like a car mechanic, right? No, I mean, there's one that where where the woman is actually a welder. No, oh, I don't know. Anywho. Rosie the welder. So you're just, you're just looking out for yourself, huh? Beaches. <laughs> Splash. The Prince of Tides. We're on a water kick here. Turner and Hooch. Am I close? I don't think so. Bachelor Party. Weekend at Birdies, too. I I bet one of our listeners. That was the 90s. uh, Oh, my bad. I think Weekend at Birdies 1 would have qualified. I think we're going to get the answer here. I doubt it. In in relative moments. What's going on? Coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.